0: Welcome to Genia Conversations, Redefining Healthcare. I'm your host, Andrea Durkin. Today, my guest is Eric Grossman. He's the founder and CEO of Next Health Technologies. During our conversation, Eric answers the important question, is telemedicine working? If you enjoy our discussion, follow us wherever you get your podcast to learn more about Genia, telemedicine, and the evolution to value-based care. Let's get started. Welcome, Eric. I'm so glad you were able to join us today.
1: Thanks for having me on the Jania podcast.
0: Eric, why did you choose a career in healthcare and why have you stayed in healthcare?
1: Great question. Uh, I have a history of docs in my family and we seem to be made of giving back, but I had a business bent, so I started in healthcare consulting with Ernst & Young. To your second question, why did I stay? Well, with 17% of the GDP, it provided me a great career path. So I continued to grow as the industry grew, and 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 also perhaps no other industry would have me.
0: <laughs> well, give me a sense of your ventures before your current one.
1: Sure. Uh, prior to this, uh, I started a company called Connecture. Uh, it pub- was publicly traded, and and it built. Uh, quoting enrollment and renewal technology for health plans.
0: One of the questions I like to ask all of the Genia podcast guests is what's not wrong in healthcare?
1: A lot. I believe we have the best reported healthcare quality outcomes and research in the world. I would not go anywhere else to receive wellness or acute care. So I'm very bullish on the U.S. healthcare system.
0: Okay, so let's talk about your current venture, Next Health Technologies. Mm-hmm. What is it that you do?
1: Uh, well, first, Next Health was founded on the basis that analytics is the main source of competitive advantage around changing consumer behavior. So we thought we'd take that to healthcare. Next Health has an artificial intelligence or AI powered analytics platform for the healthcare industry, and it systematically identifies what's working and not and how to make them better.
0: So can you give me an example?
1: Sure. Uh, So take, for example, pretty popular topic right now, an important topic, telemedicine. Uh, We've seen a huge increase in utilization and health plans need to understand, is it working? Who is it working for? And where should they promote it? Uh, Where should they uh, turn the dial down?
0: So what kind of things do they do with the information that you provide? That is health
1: plans. They they take the information in specific clinical programs. Uh, they use the information for campaign outreach uh, to members and physicians to increase enrollment and activation in particular programs like diabetes, telemedicine, or sending people to the right urgent care facility. And then second, they use the information from our platform to make decisions around continued investment in particular clinical programs, and third, they use the information to drive resource allocation and into workflow to optimize uh, the insights and next best actions to increase effectiveness.
0: Well, you know, as you and I have talked about, more patients and providers are using telemedicine during the pandemic. What are you finding? Is it working for patients and providers?
1: Well, it's a multi-billion dollar question right now. It's a great one. You know, most research to date has reflected a lack of consumer information uh, provider touch because you're remote and unlikely savings. But what we found through our recent scientific outcome studies, telemedicine savings pre and, and during the pandemic are actually considerable. And the future opportunity is exponential. Moreover, according to hundred percent of a survey of our customer base which represents roughly 30 percent of the u.s population there's strong excitement and alignment that telemedicine is unlikely to be a temporary trend along with a belief that telemedicine will fundamentally change healthcare delivery forever Uh, we did an initial hypothesis analysis which was a simple random survey and we determined material pmpm savings pre pandemic from 2015 to 2019 and actually post uh, the epidemic starting or pandemic in multiple lines of business. We also did a more robust confirmatory analysis uh, pre and post the, the pandemic with a matched cohort analysis which is much more scientific. And we found across multiple health plans, material savings predominantly resulting from ER visit reduction ranging in utilization from 29 to 62 visits per 1000 per year visits and also PCP visit reduction from 65 to 223 per 1000 per year visits.
0: Now, do you have any sense of why you're seeing PCP visit reduction?
1: Health plans code those differently. So they code a PCP visit differently today than a Telemedicine visit. So, if you're going to the, a, a telehealth visit, you you don't absolutely need to go uh, to the doctor in person.
0: I wonder, you know, like one. We obviously saw a spike in telehealth and telemedicine in the mm-hmm. early days of the pandemic, particularly in sort of April and May. In fact, I know plenty of people that that accessed telemedicine during those days. But some of the reports from late this summer show some drop off in utilization. What do you make of that trend?
1: Well, I would agree it's declined from its peak, but it it still is monumentally higher than pre-March or pre-COVID levels. And given the positive impact, uh, the, the magnitude of the sustained savings will really depend on a variety of controllable industry factors that the health plan can affect. For example, Provider and member experience, uh, network design, behavioral health support, and uh, partnerships, et cetera. So I I think while it it is lower, it's still definitely a lot uh, higher than it was before.
0: What do you think we will expect to see in the coming six months?
1: Six months? um, I would expect it to stay relatively stable if... Uh, the The health plans really focus and see the benefits uh, and amplify the levers that they can turn to drive sustained usage i don 't think it's going to go away. I think it's sort of like the e commerce trend you know ten fifteen years ago people thought folks would never buy anything online and it would go away. Well, people are buying diamond rings and houses and boats and about everything else. so we think it's here to stay and it's just going to be a part of our our normal usage of healthcare delivery system.
0: You know, I think the opportunity to do telemedicine with a a provider I already have a relationship with is very compelling. And I think what we saw in the, certainly in the early days of the pandemic is most providers were offering that to their existing patients versus accessing a telemedicine service. Do you have any sense of what it will look like going forward?
1: Yeah, I I think that all physicians uh, even really acute care physicians like cancer docs will have telemedicine as a key component of healthcare delivery, and they'll continue to get better about having integrated data, patient data, including some of these cooler new, you know, Fitbits and wearables and in-home monitoring uh, that they can use to enhance the customer experience.
0: I'm looking forward to that for sure. So looking ahead two, three, or even five years, what do you think the future of telemedicine looks like?
1: Great question. Um, I think the first one is reiterating the point I made before is that all physicians offer telemedicine as a delivery channel, just like email, text, phone, uh, that you don't have to go in person. Second. Uh, I I would like to see behavioral health be successfully and safely delivered through telemedicine to many Americans in need. Behavioral health has long been, had a stigma attached of going in. So I think offering telepsych will be really, uh, really important and a big uh, continued trend in that particular area. And third, We all know telemedicine doesn't work for all people in all situations. Therefore, the industry must leverage artificial intelligence to improve telemedicine effectiveness and the overall consumer experience. And then ultimately, Next Health is the go-to or category leader for telemedicine optimization.
0: Are there ways to drive continued usage and effectiveness of telemedicine?
1: That's the multi billion dollar question here. And absolutely, based on Next Health best practices, our own analytics, and our telemedicine optimization product, I would say there's five or six key takeaways to drive uh, continued usage and effectiveness of telemedicine. First, artificial intelligence or augmented intelligence can assist health plans and telemedicine providers with first who to target. Second, what's working and three, to optimize and deliver clinical decision support and better user experience. It's not just broad AI though, it's, it's really uh, specialized products. Uh, Next Health has artificial intelligence powered and client co-developed products that optimize not just telemedicine but diabetes, emergency room avoidance and behavioral health. Second, It's really important to focus on serving the member during these teleconsult visits and give them all the time they need, versus sort of, uh, you know, in and out uh, and you know, turn and burn. Third, you know, the physicians are the ones that are driving the consumer experience, and health plans really need to partner with these physicians to design the services and technology offered to their members. For example, do you want to see? patients on demand uh, when they click a button, or do you want to schedule? How does that factor into the physician's uh, work schedule? Fourth, if you just offer telemedicine broadly defined, it will not succeed. You have to look at the reasons people are calling in and have program partnerships uh, to help improve that consumer experience. Could be behavioral health specialists, substance abuse disorders, palliative care pilot programs. Fifth, you have to to ensure consideration of member and physician technology and financial barriers to maximize utility. There are regions of the country that don't have Wi-Fi access. There, There are members who need subsidies to have Wi-Fi access to have a Zoom call. Uh, And the benefits far outweigh the cost of offering that to certain populations. Again, you know, highlights the need for analytics to determine who should get it and who doesn't need it. And last and probably the most controversial is really need to consider the product and network design and the impacts of virtual vertical integration that will impact member adoption and physician livelihood. For example, if you can have the Mayo Clinic uh, or the Cleveland Clinic in your network and you're a cancer patient, you know, why wouldn't you use that that entity? And I I think there are many ways around physician licensing and, and network access, but this virtual vertical integration really offers pretty material and consequential impacts to pricing and network design.
0: Those best practices I think are something that we'd really like to be able to share with all of the, the Genia podcast listeners. So I'm so glad we got to ask that question. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope you'll come back as we sort of dive into the research and the, and the experience of people using telemedicine. I bet you'll have a lot more to say six, 12 and 18 months from now.
1: My pleasure.
0: Thank you to Eric Grossman of Next Health Technologies and to you for joining us. If you enjoyed our discussion and want to hear more like it, subscribe to Genia Conversations on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The views, information, or opinions expressed by the guests of Genia Conversations Redefining Healthcare are their own and do not necessarily represent the policy or position of Genia, LLC. Many thanks for listening.